You can have your place in Acts 2.42. Let's stand and we'll read our, our verse. <clears throat> Acts 2.42. Again, it says, and they continued steadfastly, that first church, in these four things, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, I'm going to give you the title here in a second, but before I do, I want to explain to you why this is the title. Those who prayed here, who is it that prayed? Who's continuing steadfastly? Verse 42, you say it. Ready? And they. One more time. Let's try it again. And they. Yeah. Wow, he's on it. They. So this is, so here's the title of our message we're going to look at this today. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. Individual prayer is important. And we all need to be praying individually. But what we're going to be focusing a lot tonight is on this subject. Corporate prayer prayer. Let's pray and we'll get into it. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for, Lord, this great verse. And I pray that it's landed in the hearts of your people today. Help us, God, to make a decision, as that first church did, to continue steadfastly just to do and minister and be the church that you've always intended your churches to be from the beginning. We're continuing in, in your doctrine, Lord, and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. And I pray that you help me as I explain how that last one looks like tonight, that you would guide and direct as we get into it. We love you, Christ, and I pray, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. And so, again, we learned this morning that as a church, we are called, now they were called, but we are called as Valley Avenue Baptist Church to continue steadfastly in the four things, apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Now, you might be saying, Brother Chad, that was, that was Jerusalem Baptist Church, right? That was 2,000 years ago. But remember, um, as we study the Word of God, you need to think this way and understand that there's a reason the Holy Spirit inspired these verses. Yes, it's talking about that church there, but the Holy Spirit inspired this verse because he intended that what this church was doing to continue that on throughout the ages. And as they continued what they were given by the apostles, we're to continue that very same Ministry. We don't need another formula, do we? We've already got the instructions from our King, from Christ Himself, whose church it is, anyways, right? Okay, and so we spent a long time talking about the Apostles' doctrine, about fellowship, and about breaking of bread. But as a church, honestly, and I said it this morning, I think we've done a pretty good job of those of those three areas. To be honest, I think that we've given over the last ten years great attention to the preaching of the Word. I don't know what happened before Pastor Moore was here, but what I do know is the last 10 years and on, this church has sounded out the Word of God and has proclaimed His Word from this pulpit. And and we have a very friendly and loving church family, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And again, I'm not the only one who thinks that. As as pe- preachers come through and they they preach, they constantly tell us, you know, that's a friendly church, that's a loving church. That's a church family that loves each other, and I can, I can feel the communion. I've, I've heard things like that from traveling preachers. Guests we have, oftentimes they'll tell us, when I showed up, I just felt welcomed, I felt loved on, and let's never lose that. We need to continue and steadfastly in that, in that fellowship mindset. This isn't just a lecture hall where we come and just learn and leave. This is a place of fellowship. 
and that's a blessing. And I'm glad for that. Um, there are many uh, times I hear church family and from different church family uh, throughout the week that tell me, yeah, I went out to lunch or dinner uh, with, with this brother or this sister or whatever, or we went here or we went on a trip together to Lincoln or St. Joe or something, and I love that. And I love that our church spends time with each other outside of church hours. I think it's important. That's the breaking of bread. Uh, we do that. And obviously, in all three of those areas, we can, can, we can be better, can't we? And we should always be striving to be better. We should, we should continue steadfastly in preaching the Word of God, continue steadfastly in fellowship, and continue steadfastly in the breaking of bread. But I am concerned, just to be honest, as just looking backwards and reflecting on these verses, that maybe we haven't given as much attention to the prayer portion as maybe we should. I think that, that we've put effort into it, but prayer is one of those things that, if it's not on the forefront of your mind, it gets very quickly put on the back shelf, in the back burner, doesn't it? It's one of those, it's one of those disciplines that has to be given intentional focus. And... There's no way for me as the pastor or as a person to know how your personal prayer life is doing. I, there's no way I can know how your prayer life is. And I hope that each of you have a thriving prayer life. I hope that you at home pray on your own. And I love how Brother Steve, when he gets up here and does missions uh, emphasis and he does the missions updates, he says, tomorrow's missions Monday. I love that. And what that means is there's someone who's praying on Monday. And I hope that he's not the only one. And I hope that you have a prayer list. I hope that you do missionary Mondays or however you do that. I hope you pray for your missionaries. I hope you pray for each other. We have those uh, prayer booklets available, don't we? And I hope that you take those prayer booklets. I have one right here in my, in my Bible because it's important that we understand that we have these prayer booklets. And it's, the reason we have them is not just because we like to print little booklets. It's so that you have opportunity. You have opportunity to, on your own time, pray for your church family. I think it's important. And again, all of that's between you and God, and only you and God know how all of that is going. <clears throat> but that's not really the focus of our message today. As a church, if we're going to continue steadfastly, we, they, we, as a corporate body, as a church family, if we're going to continue steadfastly corporately, though, it's got to start at home. We can't just show up and, and um, pretend like we have a prayer life when we're around our church family. That's what Jesus warned about. You remember when Jesus warned about praying in public and he, and he taught to not pray in public? Uh, um, he wasn't just saying, don't ever pray where people can see you. What he was saying, it's a heart condition where he was saying, don't only pray when people can see you. If that's your problem, you don't need to be corporate praying. You need to start first individually praying. And get into the, Jesus said, get into your prayer closet and get all by yourself. And you need to develop a, a walk with God and a communion and a fellowship with God all by yourself. Um, but, but what we need to do, and what I believe Acts 2.42 calls for, is called corporate prayer, where we pray as a church family. And you might say, well, pastor, we pray all the time. We pray before every church service. We, we pray before and after each sermon. And, and we just had lunch. And we prayed before we had lunch. We always do corporate prayer. But I, I want to say this. 
that what we're doing, what, what I just said, that's not really what we're talking about when we talk about corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is not one person praying and everybody else listening. Are you following? That's not what, that's not what the early church was talking about when they continued steadfastly in prayers. And so my hope is by the end of this message that you'll understand exactly what I mean by corporate prayer and exactly how that we as a church can incorporate that into what we're doing as Valley Avenue Baptist Church. And so, we, like I told you, we're going to do some flipping, okay? So get your Bibles out. Go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. And some of you might need to get up and do some jumping jacks, okay? I know we just had food, but we're going to do some thinking, okay? And so whatever we've got to do. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> now Jesus, Jesus taught corporate prayer. Now, I will say, he did warn against abusing corporate prayer. If you look at, uh, before we get into the Lord's Prayer, um, he says in verse 5 of Matthew 6, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets. Why? That they may be seen of men. And so we never need to pray just so primarily so people see us. That's not what we're talking about with corporate prayer. Um, but Jesus warned that if you struggle with that, then, don't, then you don't need to do that yet, right? Because he says in verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so Jesus says if you struggle with praying in front of people, uh, where you're, you're only thinking about the people, then you need to first develop a private prayer life. Because no matter what you're doing, whether it's individual prayer at home, whether it's prayer with just your husband and wife, which is a good practice, by the way, or prayer at church if you are called on, uh, like Brother Eric prayed for us this morning, and thank, thank you for that. Um, if you're doing that, or you're by yourself, primarily every time what you have to understand is prayer is fundamentally talking to God. Okay? We're not talking to our church family when we pray in front of them. Does that make sense? We're talking to God, and our church family listens as we talk to God. So we have to, if you're having a hard time dealing with that or thinking that way when you pray in front of people, what that probably means is you're not talking to God on your own at home. Does that make sense? And if you only pray when other people are around and you never pray when nobody's around, then that's an indication that you're not really talking to God. Because God's there, whether you're around people or you're not. So fundamentally, prayer is talking to God. Okay. So he says, pray in my closet. Now, here's what we know. Is that this does not mean that Jesus is against corporate prayer. In fact, he taught corporate prayer. We're going to look at that. He was just looking at the, at the wrong motive of corporate prayer. Now look at our uh, uh, verse 9. Where Jesus says, After this manner, therefore pray ye. And then it's the Lord's Prayer. Now I want to say this. I can't just do it without telling you. Go look at verse 7. After he warned against praying in front of people so everyone hears you, look at verse 7. But when you pray, if you're looking at it, I want you to say two words with me. Use not, ready? Vain repetitions. He's saying, when you talk to God, don't have something prepared, written down, and just read it to God. Don't do that. Don't repeat prayers over and over and over, vainly. He says, 
as the heathen do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Heathens are ones who, who worship gods who are fake. Gods who are not real. When they pray, they're not talking to anybody. And so it's kind of awkward, isn't it? When you're standing before a rock, and you're talking to a rock, and everybody knows you're talking to a rock, it's weird to hold a conversation with a rock. And so heathens write down prayers and just read them ritualistically. Jesus says, don't do that. You're talking to God, who's a person. And God wants you to talk to him. Don't come to him with, with pre-written down prayers. And what's hilarious is that that's exactly what so many people do with the Lord's Prayer. Like three verses later, after he said, don't pray vain repetitions, the, the, most, the biggest violation of that is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus did not give us the Lord's Prayer to pray it. Okay, look at verse number 9 again. He says this, after this manner. Are you seeing that? So he's showing them what to pray for. Does that make sense? He just warned them, don't pray this, but here's how you pray. So that's why we don't pray the Lord's Prayer altogether as a group. It goes against everything Jesus just said not to do. Make sense? Are we doing okay? All right. I wasn't even in my notes, but I couldn't just not say that because it, it, it's so confusing. And so we don't, we don't pray the Lord's Prayer. We, we ha use the content. God gave us, Jesus gave us some content to pray for. Now, we're not going to do that today just because of time, but he gives you things to pray for. He, he says you can, you can worship God and recognize who he is. Hallowed be thy name. You know, worship God when you pray. He talks about, um, let's see, uh, our kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You can surrender your day to him. Surrender your plans to him. Surrender your will, your, your schedule to God. These are things you can do when you pray and talk to God. Uh, he says, give us this day our daily bread. You can pray for your needs as you're praying to God. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now this, I don't even like calling this the Lord's Prayer because this isn't a prayer Jesus would pray. He doesn't have debts to be forgiven. And so I hasten to even call it the Lord's Prayer, but he's telling us we should pray and ask for our debts to be forgiven. We need to confess our sins as we pray. Are you seeing it? How these are just things to pray for that Jesus is giving them. But I want to focus on one thing as it relates to what we're talking about today. He says, After this manner, therefore pray ye. And what's that first word? Our Father. You know what that means? This is with other believers. If, it was just, if this was just supposed to be personal, it would be my Father. You see it? He says, Our Father. And then he says, Give us. You see it? You see it? Are you following? Give us this day. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Are you following? This is a corporate situation. Are you following? And then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now go to Matthew chapter 7. And he's telling them a little bit more instruction about prayer and how to pray. And eventually these all might become servants by themselves, but we have a specific uh, message tonight about prayer. Matthew 7 and verse 7, he says this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now, pause. 
well, what's the big deal about ye and you? Well, I'm thankful, again, for our King James Bible. And I, and I, t- I said this before, and I hope you, you caught it and, and remembered this, but try to remember this. In the King James, people get frustrated about the thee, the thou, the ye, and the you. Like, why do they make it so difficult? Just say you. Well, because in the Old English and in the Greek both, they have different words for you. If there's, if there's only one you, or if there's a thousand yous, we always say you. If I say you, I could be talking to you, or I could be talking to you. But in the Old English, I'm thankful for our King James because it helps us differentiate what we're talking about. In the King James, if it's thee or thou, if it has a th, in your mind, just say you, and it's fine. But remember that it's a singular you, thee, right? When thou prayest, right? All right? That's thee, that's one. If it's ye or you, you is in the Bible, right? But if there's a Y, there's more than one you. It's y'all. It's yins. Right? We talked about that. Okay, so Jesus says here, ask and ye shall find. You see the corporate nature of that? No. And it shall be opened unto you. Mark 11.25, you can turn there if you'd like, but it says, and when ye stand praying... And so, again, there's a group of people standing together praying, forgive, if ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Are you seeing it? Again, it's a corporate situation here. Matthew 18, 19. And I, again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done them of my Father which is in heaven. And so if so that implies two or more people are praying about the same thing together. You see? And God's in that. God's in the midst of that. When two or three are gathered together, we're not talking about a church service necessarily. Technically, he's talking about a prayer meeting. And two or three people gather together and they pray about one thing. They agree. It says, if you shall agree on earth, that means we're, we agree about what we're praying about and together are praying to God about it. God's in that. God's there in the midst of us. And it shall be done. Understand? And so, why am I saying all this? Because almost every time Jesus talked about prayer, almost every time he talked about corporate prayer, him and his apostles prayed together a lot. And he's teaching them to pray together. He taught that. And then the example of the early church was corporate prayer. Go to Acts 1, 13. Acts 1. <clears throat> the church was gathered together and they prayed on the day of Pentecost. Remember we talked about the day of Pentecost? So this was before the Holy Spirit came down. This was right before that actually. And um, verse 13 says, and they, now who's they? This is, the, this is the first church, that 120 I told you about, that were meeting before the day of Pentecost started, or at least the events of the day of Pentecost. And when they were come up in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotus, and Judas the brother of James. These are the apostles, right? And so the apostles were there, and not just the apostles, but the rest of the church. The church all gathered together, and the apostles were there. Verse 14, these 
all continued with one accord in prayer. You see that? They gathered together and they all prayed about something. Yeah, and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So everyone was there. By the way, if the women were there, there's a good chance the children were there. And they all gathered together and they all prayed. Uh, Acts 124, they prayed about who should be the next apostle. Remember Judas, the one who betrayed Christ, wasn't really ever saved, and he ended up hanging himself, and he was gone. And, he, and so they they prayed about who would replace him. And in verse 24, and they prayed, they prayed and said, Lord, uh, and, say, and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. And so they're making a big decision on behalf of the church, and they're all praying together about getting God's direction. You see that? The church prayed together about that. And they were all gathered as they did it. You see, this is different than everyone in the church praying. Everyone in the church should be praying on their own at home, and that's good, and we're not diminishing that. But also, the church needs to come together and pray. You see. Acts 4.24 this is when Peter and John explained to the church that there were threats from the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was coming after the church, and the church lifted up their voice to God in one accord, and the, and the Bible says the place was shaken. Look in uh, verse 24. It says this, And when they heard that, what, the, what Peter and John told them, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And then it continued on, Go to verse 31. And when they had prayed, they, the church, prayed together, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. This is a result of a prayer meeting, right? Yeah. The deacons at Jerusalem prayed together in Acts 6, 6, whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed and laid their hands on them. The church, I'm sorry, the church prayed together for the first deacons. That's what happened. Again, another uh, crucial part of that church family, a, a crucial part of that church's life, the church came together and prayed together about who would be the first deacons. When Peter was in prison, the church prayed together for him in Acts 12.5. And Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And you know they were at the church house because... Peter was, ended up getting loosed. You know what happened? They were praying. He got loose from prison. He walks over to the church house. He's knocking on the door, and they're freaked out because people are coming after the church. You know, Peter's in prison. They don't, they don't want to open the door. And so he's knocking, and they're, and they're not opening. And he's knocking, and they're still praying for him, and they're not opening. And they say, who is it? It's Peter. Yeah, sure it is. And then they open the door, and lo and behold, there he was. And Peter was there, right? Pretty cool. And so they were praying together, and he was loosed from prison. This is the power of corporate prayer. Yeah. Yeah. The church at Antioch prayed before sending Saul and Barnabas in Acts 13.3. We can keep reading these. I'm just going to give them to you spitfire, okay? Paul and his team, they were praying together when a demon lady, a lady possessed with a demon came out, and Paul cast the demon out. And all that happened as the church was praying together. Paul and Silas were praying together when the earthquake happened in the prison. 
and they were freed. And that jailer got saved. Paul prayed with the church at Ephesus before he left them. Paul and his team prayed with the disciples in Tyre. Are you seeing that this happened a lot? This was the model of the early church. They prayed together. They didn't each pray. The church didn't all pray by themselves, although they did, but they prayed together, corporately. And if you notice in each one of these verses, it wasn't one person who prayed while everybody else listened, was it? The verses say that they prayed. Paul didn't pray, and then they all listened. They prayed. This means that more than one person prayed. This is English class right here. They. They is, is not something for one person, although in 2023 it's becoming weird. But they is more than one, okay? They prayed. They. This is corporate prayer. And listen, why am I saying all this? Because our church, our church needs to pray together. We need to pray together. Again, none of this works unless we all have a personal prayer life. This isn't some religious exercise that we only do when people are around us. We can't let it become that. We can't let prayer meetings be the only time we ever pray. It's got to start at home. We've got to pray on our own first. But that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want us to pray together. In fact, as we saw, Jesus commanded it. And it was a huge part of the early church, and it needs to become a huge part of Valley Avenue Baptist Church. And so what do we do? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to, first, first thing we need to do, if, if we want to be, what is it? Continue steadfastly in prayers. It needs to start in the home. If you live with other Christians, you should pray together. If you have other Christians in your house, Pray together. It's good for our kids to hear us pray. And again, we're not, we're not just praying so our family hears us. You've got to be careful about that. We always pray primarily so that God can hear us, but it's good for our children to see our genuine relationship with our God as we pray to Him. It's good for them. So start at home. Start corporate prayer at home. Yeah. Another thing about corporate prayers, it helps to focus the prayer time around specific requests. Remember how they all agreed together about what they're going to pray for? And so if we're all going to pray together, it can become chaotic. It can become utterly chaotic. Right, Brother Eric? Inside joke. Um, if we all pray for whatever happens to be on our hearts all at the same time, it can become wacko, all right? And so, if you noticed in the verses we read, which we read a lot of them, but they almost always had something specific they were all praying for. And so it's good that, that we, we focus our prayer. And so they prayed together about Judas's replacement, remember? And they prayed together about sending Saul and Barnabas. And they prayed together about who would be their first deacons. And they prayed together about prison, uh, Peter in prison. And so it's helpful if we have decided as a church what we are going to pray about together. All right? And so as a church, here's what I'd like to do. I would like to lead us to move our prayer time. Now, we have our prayer time on Wednesday nights right now. But honestly, Wednesday's in the middle of the week. People are strung out everywhere. We've got patch. We've got nursery. It's, it's, it's the middle of the week. We've been at work all week. We're going back to work the next day. And there's a lot in our minds. And so... I'd rather move our prayer time to Sunday night. 
Okay, so starting tonight, or this afternoon, today. But that one was necessary, tonight, okay? The night service. And, and we're going to move it to Sunday nights. And then this is how I, I want things to work, at least for now. And let's, let's, let's make a couple of little tweaks here and there. So starting next week, here's what we're going to do. We'll take prayer requests during blessings time. And so I'll pray to open up. But again, that's not corporate prayer, is it? When I pray to ask God's help on the church service, that's not what we're talking about. So I'll pray, and we'll go through our service during blessings time on Sunday night specifically. We'll take blessings. We'll also take prayer requests. And I want to make sure everybody has a booklet, okay, and a pen, and let's write these things down. As people bring up prayer requests, if you, want, if you don't want to say them, just bring them to me on a card. I'll say them. But let's, let's get these prayer requests out. Let's know what we need to pray about and focus our prayer. And we'll write down the prayer requests. And then, after that, we won't pray yet. We'll, get, we'll continue our service. We'll have their sermon. And then to close out our service, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to do that right now in a little bit, too. Is what we're going to do is break up in groups of two or three or however you want. Just get around and see who you want to pray with. And we'll take those prayer lists and we'll pray together. And that's how we'll close the service. How's that? That'll be all right? I think that's what we'll, we'll start doing. And then, like I said, this is what we're doing for now. We'll kind of work out kinks as we go and, and see. But, but I think that we need to pray together corporately. We all need, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, right? House of prayer. House of God. Yes, thanks, Brother Tim. But also God said, I want this to be a house of prayer. And so a house of prayer doesn't mean one guy praying. The house of prayer means we all need to pray. And so let's give each other an opportunity to do that. And there are other ways that we can pray corporately. And as a church, I'm seeking what God would have us do. But I, I believe this is a great start. This is a good start. And so we're going to do that tonight. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a time of invitation. And Brother Josh is going to play. And here's what this is. Invitation also is not really corporate prayer, is it? Invitation is personal prayer that, now we're all praying, hopefully, which is in a sense corporate, but we're not all praying together about the same thing. But it's individual prayer that we all do at the same time. That's invitation. And so what we want to do around, right then is just pray about how God's spoken to your heart. Maybe, maybe if you're honest with yourself, your prayer life hasn't been what it should be at home, personally. Only you and God know that. And maybe you need to tell God and confess to Him that you've not prayed the way that you should, and, and you need to make some commitments with God. And whatever that God's spoken to you about, let's pray about that. And then right after that, we'll, I'll give you some instruction, and we'll pray uh, together corporately in groups of two and three. Okay? So I'll pray, and then we'll get into our invitation. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how clear it is. Thank you again for the first church and just the example that they gave and how they prayed together. And they continued steadfastly praying together. And I pray that you help us do that. Help our church to be who you want us to be. Help us to be the church you want us to be, continuing steadfastly in prayers. Help us to develop a, a personal walk with you, and then, Lord, a corporate walk with you through prayer. We love you. Christ in my prayer. Amen. So, Brother Josh, you go ahead.